Hey guys, this is uh, Misty, and this is I'm a Survivor Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast if you're a listener, and if you're new here, welcome to the podcast for the very first time. I'm glad that you decided to join in. And um, of course, if you just need some assistance, you can call the National Domestic Violence Hotline number. That number is 1-800-799-7233. Again, that number is one 800 799-7233. If you're in any kind of danger, please do not listen to the podcast. Hang up and dial 911 and please get assistance. To, on today's podcast, um, I have a very special guest. Her name is, well, I, I may just might as well just say JoJo. <laughs> JoJo Waddell. And um, she is her she is a domestic violence survivor and an advocate and her own boss. She does a um, nonprofit called Be Fearless Incorporated. And I'm going to let her just have the air the airways. And um, first, I want to ask for her permission to do this recording. Um, do I have your permission? Yes, ma'am. All right. Well, I'm going to let her speak and I will be kind of in and out. So go ahead, Miss Jojo. Well, thank you, Misty, for having me. I'm excited, and I just want to say thank you um, for the awesome things that you're doing, because a lot of times you don't find people who give a platform for survivors of domestic violence, especially when, if you're like me, uh, we've been through that, and we just needed to hear somebody's voice to tell us it was going to be okay and that we're going to make it, so... You are absolutely changing lives by uh, just by having this podcast and doing what you do. So I'm thankful to be here. So thank you Thanks. so very much. You're very um, welcome. Well, thank I you. I like to share. You're welcome. I like to share my story, and I I will be quick so I can uh, we can leave room for questions. I like to share my story of abuse. Um, my name is Yamitra Jojo Waddell, the only live past places specialist. I like to tell people I know crazy, and my abuser taught it to me very well. But I'm also here to um, share that there is life after crazy, that you don't have to, can, once you leave your abuser, um, you don't have to stay in that cycle of crazy. There is absolutely life after it. For me, my abuse started um a little different probably than most. Mine started inside the church. So my abuser was a pastor of my church who just happened to be my husband. Mm-hmm. And he had been the pastor well, at our church for just a short period, but he had been pastoring for over 30 years. That means, you know, for 30 years, he'd been leading congregations to Christ and, you know, telling them the goodness of the Lord. And within a short period of time, we were married, madly in love, married, and had moved 400 miles away from my, my family. So um, from the time we met until from my first date we got married was three months. Uh, anyone would tell you abuser is probably the most romantic person. He talks your language and, you know, he just sweet talked me right on down to getting married in less than three months. We moved 400 miles away. Uh, and at the time I had a five-year-old and that's when the abuse really started. Um, um, Slapping me in the church office to punching me, sending my head into the brick walls, pushing me out of moving cars. Um, and then in the midst of all of that, we decided to have a kid. Mm. And so we had a child together and that was, and the abuse doesn't stop because you're pregnant. You know, they just find other body parts to use. Mm-hmm. And so the abuse continued when I was pregnant, almost died giving birth to that, to that child. And she was born only weighing one pound. 
And so her first 31 days was spent, you know, in the hospital. And I had postpartum because I wasn't able to connect with her. So I had postpartum depression. I was already depressed. I was thinking about suicide. And I tried to kill myself one time and uh, the Lord wouldn't even let me open up the windows to do that. So that didn't work. And in all of that, I was just convinced that I was going to die at the hands of this man and that nobody was going to help me. Nobody was going to listen to me and nobody was going to believe me because he had convinced everybody that I was crazy to the point where he had even had a church meeting and told the church that I was mentally ill and emotionally ill. And he was just trying to love me through my problems. Um, but for any survivor, uh, we know that there comes a point we have to decide if we're going to live or die. And that's our sole decision that we have to make. And, and you set out to make that plan for yourself. And for me, it was the day that uh, he tied me up and threw me over the bed and had his way with me in front of uh, our three-month-old child. And I knew then that he had no, my life did not matter to him at all. Like it, it was the furthest thing from his mind. And if I did not take seriously that, my life was truly in danger. I was going to die at the hands of this person. I had to think, do I, if I leave, and this was my thought when I was thinking about jumping out the window and like it got to be easy, hitting that concrete got to be easier than what I'm going through now. Mm. Is this what I want my children to know about me? Do I want him to tell my life story? And that was the only thing that was like, aha, Jojo, you can't stay here. That was my, my driving force for me for me to leave. And when I left, and I think some of our victims, and I'm sure, Mr., you can attest to this, is that you're afraid that when you leave, number one, he's going to kill you. And that's mm -hmm. a very real possibility. Mm -hmm. Number two, you're afraid to even go out on your own because you have <laughs> been in there crazy for so long. You don't know what life is like outside of it. And you mm -hmm. don't know if you can survive on your own. And they just convinced you of it. And you are also, even though you want out, you're also very protective of them. Like, you don't want to hurt their lifestyle. You don't want to hurt their feelings. And you don't mess up their life. And you're never considering your own life that is in danger. Um, and so that was that was July 26th at 6.30 in the morning, 2004, that I decided, you know what? I, I can't do this anymore. And we have to be able to come to that point where we make that decision if we want to, if you want to live and die. So now... Uh, it's been 16 years on this journey, so I tell my story now to remind people that they absolutely can live past crazy. I promise that there's life afterwards. Um, you just have to be willing to take that chance for yourself and know that your life is valuable for you. Um, and I share the five, I call them the five keys to live past crazy, and I'll go through them really fast. <clears throat> the first one is to be quiet. Um, when you are in the, and this is for if you're fresh out of domestic violence, like you just left, um, and you you have all these fears and anxiety and stresses, and if you have children, you have children, and so you still have to live and deal with all this fear. Uh, I would suggest number one is be quiet because you have so much going on. It is hard to hear the answer that you need to hear for the next right step. Because at this point, you're, you can probably hear your abuser in your head saying, 
I told you if you left me, it would be hard. If you, well, if I just go back, it won't hit me anymore. And if I just do this, but I need you to be quiet so that you can hear your voice, not anybody else's. If you're God's girl, you listen for God's voice, the universe, whomever, whatever religion you subscribe to, you have to be quiet to hear that voice leading and guiding you in the right direction. Um, step two is to learn to communicate the right thing to yourself. I figured this out the hard way when I was, when the depression was real. Like, Jojo, you fat, you ugly, nobody's going to love you. And I was just repeating his words. And I had to start swapping out his words with something else. And so I chose different words than what he was saying. So if he said I was fat and ugly, I said, oh, I'm pretty and healthy. And I had to say that to myself every day until I learned to start to communicate the right thing to myself so that there's no room for misinterpretation for anybody else. Like, I, I love myself, and this is these are the words that I know and I believe. Um, the third one is develop a daily goal. So I tell people, we've got to celebrate day one. We're not celebrating one day because one day never comes. One day... You're never going to leave. Today has got to be whatever your day one is for you. And so for me, day one was, Jojo, you got up, you washed your face, you brushed your teeth, you did a good job. And I'm celebrating that. So whatever it is that you've done today that's different than what you did before, celebrate that. You are growing and doing amazing things. And it, it is the step-by-step every day that makes that makes the biggest difference. Um, the fourth one is ask bold questions. Like know the power of your question. Why am I here? Why do I continue to stay here? And if you're very, if you take a second to think about it, your abuser keeps you very busy with fear, anxiety, you trying to please him and or her because they don't want for one split second for you to understand the power of your question. Because if at any moment you took a pause and was like, wait a minute, now, what is really going on here? And you ask the powerful questions, then they would be at a loss to keep you where you are. And so our questions are very powerful. So you ask that bold question. You got to be bold enough to receive the answer, bold enough to do the work of the answer, and bold enough to make room for the answer. Um, and that's all part of your journey and you figuring it out every single day. Um, the fifth step is developing your guidance of truth. Uh, something to measure things against. For me, I have three things that I ask myself, and you have got to define your truth for yourself. And for us, it has always been what our abuser has said is true, and that's what we lived on. Well, today you get to develop your own guidance of truth. What is true for you? Uh, and so the three questions I ask myself is, does it give me freedom? Does it give me peace? Does it give me directive and direction? And for me, I have to think when somebody introduces a new thought, a new concept, or they say words to me that do not feel right to me. Like, I don't feel like I can wear those words. They're too heavy. And I ask, do they give me freedom? Like, am I free to be JoJo? Am I free to move about? If the answer is no, then I need to reassess that. Does it give me peace? Am I at peace with what they're saying to me? Is my spirit calm? If the answer is no, I need to reassess that. And does it give me directive and direction? Meaning, once they have said the words, do I understand where this relationship is going, where this friendship is going, where my career is going? And if the answer is no to any of that, if you can't quite put your finger on it, you know something ain't right, you ain't sure what it is, 
but you can't quite put your finger on it. That's your guidance or truth telling you to look again. Ask the question again until you find that freedom, that peace, and it gives you that directive and direction. And it is those um, small five steps, Missy, that can help, you know, if you practice every day. And this is what I had to practice every day on those dark days when when it time there was no money, there was no food, the car, mm. you know, car was broke down, no way to work, couldn't pay the bill. It is on those days that those five steps kept me sane and kept me focused on it's not going to be like this forever. Right. I'm going to be able to live past this crazy. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, you lose yourself. Mm-hmm. You lose a sense of who you are through abuse because you're so traumatized. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, a lot of women uh, that are traumatized, you know, when we say they're in that, you know, you and I had talked about gray area, um, it's a trauma bond when they okay. feel when you feel sorry for your abuser, you're 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 caught in that because you've been traumatized, but then you feel sorry for him because he's had sort some sort of trauma. Maybe he's going through drug addiction, maybe he's going through something, but you cannot save someone else and you cannot change that person. You have to look forward and you know if you've got to use um you know, you've got to figure out who you are inside. You've got to figure out where she went because you've lost yourself, you yes. know? And, um, you absolutely have. yeah, I mean, as a survivor myself, I mean, whenever I left my muse, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know which way was up or down because I mean, you know, I was just so traumatized by everything I had went through. I mean, I, I wasn't sure what color I liked, what kind of food I liked, because the trauma was so deep. Yes. I mean, it was that deep, you know. And um, I think in a lot of ways, um, victims and survivors don't get enough credit. We get victim shamed a whole lot because, you know, people don't realize the trauma that it causes one's mind, one's brain. And so they're not they're not seeing all that. They, their quick response is, is leave him. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, how many times do we hear that a day? Just leave him. <laughs> um, just leave him. Right. And that doesn't work. No, you can't just up and leave a violent human being. You've got to have plans on that. You've got to have safety plans. You've got to have your life in order. And, you know, you can leave. Yeah. But you better have a safety plan in store because there's so many violent criminals um, that, of domestic violence that that would love to just kill that person because they're losing control. Yes. And, and we all know that the day you leave is the most, is the craziest, most violent day. Mm-hmm. Um, the day that you choose to leave. Right. And they, they don't what they do not do is they don't care about us and they don't love us. Right. That, and, and we have to be very clear about mm-hmm. that, that this is not love. Right. And just like you said, it is the shame. And I, and I wish, and Mr. I think you're doing great work with building that gap like, with law enforcement and attorneys and service professionals that if I'm coming to you, I'm already ashamed. I'm already hurt, scared, nervous. And I've been beat down mentally, like, and emotionally. I can't handle much more. And then when I get up the nerve to come ask you for help, 
you tell me, well, you should have left. Well, he got the right one. It couldn't be me. And mm-hmm. I think the people who provide the service to victims need to be mindful of the language that they are saying because you can come you saying those things will convince that uh, that lady to go back to her abuser. Yeah, definitely. And it, mm-hmm. it, it is that very, it is that simple. You, you will convince her to go back and say, well, there's nobody out here to help me. They, they're talking about me out here. And he said, and, and you know, this is what he said. He said they would do that. And mm-hmm. now I guess it's true. And she's right back in mm-hmm. that same dangerous situation mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. And, and you know, women get called crazy and they're lunatics for going back and they're this and they're that, you know, and and even this, just remember, if he leaves, if you leave him, he it's not just his wife he's abusing. He's going to abuse anyone. He's an abuser. Abusive people abuse people. Okay, yeah, they might be abusing their wives and their kids because they're vulnerable. They're gullible because they love him. But don't make no mistake, there's going to be another victim. Yes, ma'am. So. It's not just you. He will find someone else. Definitely. My abuser abuser was arrested um, a couple of years ago for Mm -hmm. doing the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, it does not stop. You will not change him and Mm -hmm. he will not change for you. He does not love us that much. Mm-mm, <laughs> there's no. not enough love in the world for him to change what he's doing. No, because but he doesn't see that there's a problem. There, there's no abuser that loves their self. So if they can't love their self, they can't love anyone else. And I think a, a, ultimately a woman thinks that if she showers him with love, if I just love him, if I just show him my loyalty, then that will be enough for him to change. If I lead him to Christ, if Christ is involved, that's going to be enough for him to change. My abuser, listen, my abuser went to Jesus, and I, I'm not saying that people can't change, and I'm not saying that that mentality is not there because I know Christ is a you know forgives us for our sins. Um, so, but he went, and I couldn't tell you how many times that man was baptized and saved, and would call his mother. And tell his mother, I'm saved, I'm a changed man, I'm baptized. And sure enough, if he's not over 50 and he's still abusive. He just got, he just has a new victim. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. And the victim is the only thing that changes. The story never changes. Right. And and you said something very well that he said, uh, we we feel like we're going to love him through it. And he has told us all of those stories. You know, I was abused as a child and my Mm -hmm. mama didn't love me Mm -hmm. and all those other women did this to me. You are bound and convinced that you're going to love, you're not going to treat him like the other women and -hmm. you're not going to, because he has, he has, before a man ever lays any hands on you, he has control over your mind. Mm -hmm. And so he has fully convinced you that all he needs to get better is for you to love him through it. And as soon as you want to walk away, I knew you was like everybody else. And here they are, and they are professionals. Mm. We will not win against them. They are professionals at providing the guilt trip and everything else. Oh yeah, they're narcissists. Yes. Mm-hmm. At, at, at their core, that's mm-hmm. who they are, and it is their ego that they have to keep alive. Right. And, and at all costs. Right. It's a power trail. It's a control. Oh, yeah. It's a control trail. 
Yes. Yeah. I mean, whoever they can control, if they lose control, then fury, you know, they get furiated, angry, yeah. and that's when it's dangerous the most is when mm-hmm. an abuser loses control of his victim. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's when, um, that, that's the day, you know, life and death. And life and death is on the line every day, but on that day. Right. When they feel like they're losing control because you're leaving <clears throat> and, you know, you're taking the children and you're doing this, mm-hmm. they will not lose. They're not going to lose that battle. And they're going to do whatever possible to make sure that you understand that they're not going to lose. Right. So. Um, we're at the 20 minute mark on our podcast and we have, we have 30 minutes that we can record max. Um, okay. if you want to talk about some more things, maybe your nonprofit or what you do to help women, um, okay. your places where they can reach out to you if they so choose to. Um, but I really appreciate the fact that you wanted to come on the podcast and talk to these women because, you know, they need, as many women as possible, survivors and advocates to come forward and talk about what they've been through. That's a very important part. Um, they might have heard something in your voice that may click in their minds and be like, I'm ready to leave. Yes. And that's what we're here for. That's what we're doing is creating awareness so women yeah. can hear they're not alone. Yeah, you're not you're not by yourself. And right. you know, at that moment, you feel like there's nobody in the world that understands. And I'm sure, Missy, you can agree with this. We understand the journey. We may not know your story, mm-hmm. but we know that journey from depression, darkness, to figuring it out, not having the answers, to eventually living past it. Right. And, you know, that's why we're passionate about what we do. We understand that journey. And we wish someone would have told us that we're going to be okay and that we can survive mm-hmm. um, and that we will live. And that's why, you know, that's why we do what we do. So uh, I work with survivors mainly um, to help them, like a mindset mediator, help Mm -hmm. them exchange one mindset for another and Mm -hmm. what that journey looks like. Like, how do you, how do I stop thinking his thoughts? How do I do that every day? And we don't take it in um, big size pieces like, oh, for the next five days, no, for the next second, this is what you're going to do. And then after, because I couldn't handle big information. I didn't want to read a book. I didn't want nobody to pray for me. I didn't want you to tell me nothing about Jesus. I needed you to tell me, Jojo, today, this second, this is what I want you to do. And so I I work with the ladies to tell them, you know, you don't have to do it in big size pieces. Let's just take it by this second. Because that's all you got. If that's all you can handle, that's what we're working with. And how those seconds add up to eventually to the change that you want to see. Um, so I work with women with that. We do a live past crazy blueprint so that they can identify what their crazy is um, and then map it out on what is their, what is their life going to look like after, after crazy. Um, and then I have a new, I have a book coming out. It is called, uh, well, it's a book of my affirmations and quotes. And these are words that are hanging on my wall or quotes that I've read every day that when times was really hard, that got me through. So um, that is coming. I actually came out on Monday. Oh, great. Um, so I'm excited about that. Uh, and so they can grab that. And everything, of course, is on livepastcrazy.com. Mm-hmm. If they have any questions, um, because sometimes all we really need is just to allow somebody to let us tell our story. We don't necessarily want to talk back. We just need somebody to listen. So mm-hmm. I'm that, that listening here. 
Well, that's awesome. And I probably should have mentioned you are an author, but I don't think that at the beginning of the podcast, I don't believe I said that, but yeah, you are an author. Um, But y'all go to this lady's website, um, Live Past Crazy. She's a wonderful person and she has survived uh, like many of us have. And she, she has so much wisdom and, you know, I'm very appreciative that you you know, wanted to come on the podcast and talk about what you do and, you know, and, and talk about and share your experience and your story, because that to me is very intimate. And, um, you know, it, it takes a lot of courage to be able to tell your story, whether it happened five years ago, 16 years ago, whatever, you know, you're, you're dredging that back up. So that's something that, you know, a lot of women, it's hard for them to do. So I really appreciate your courage and your wisdom and that you've shared with us. And, um, you know, we'll be, we'll be talking. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I appreciate and, uh, Thank you, Miss Well, you're very welcome. And is there anything else you want to add before we shut the call? Um, just um, two quotes because I know we're in a time limit. <laughs> if I have to leave the ladies with anything, is to know that you're absolutely qualified to be exceptional. You're just nervous in front of your current community. It's okay to be nervous. But you're still exceptional. You're still a brilliant human being. You can still do whatever it is that you set your mind to, despite what anybody's saying. And the second one is never close your mind to an idea simply because it's miraculous. Meaning that wonderful, life-freeing idea that you have, it was given to you for a reason. Don't close your mind to it because you assume you can't achieve it and do it because it was given to you. It was given to you for that reason because you can achieve it and you can't do it and so i just encourage everybody to know that they are beyond qualified to be exceptional and to always look for the miracle and that's wonderful and i want to leave it on that note and um I will say um, thank you again to Miss JoJo for coming on the podcast. And um, thank you guys for tuning in. And, um, you know, coming up tomorrow, we start the month of uh, Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Big month for advocates, survivors, and victims of domestic violence. So tune in. We'll have some more podcasts come, you know, some more guests, hopefully. And I know I'm going to be recording some this month. But, um, yeah, y'all share wherever you can share. Just share away. And um, that we hope that, that her voice, I hope through her voice, she has um, inspired you and, you know, just take care of yourself and um, know that you're worth it. Know that you're beautiful. And um, I love you. So come on back next time and y'all, y'all listen to the podcast. But um, until the next recording, I'll, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. <laughs>